Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. David, welcome along to this episode of the Elevate podcast. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Great to see you again. Indeed. And David, there's been some significant change in our industry, I guess, since the uh, last time we did a podcast together. Um, Mm -hmm. Firstly, we've had Constructive happen, which is the biggest event for uh, our construction sector, bringing a lot of different areas together. And we've also had an election, so I feel like they would make pretty good topics for today's discussion. Sounds like a good place to start. Shall we start with constructive, David? You attended. Um, give us your thoughts, your observations about what you were seeing as the key themes in the industry and what really stood out for you. Yeah, I think there's there's two sets of themes really. One is uh, the current state of the of the sector, and we talked quite a bit about the sector survey that we had undertaken. This, I think it's the third time we've done this, so we're doing this on an annual basis. So we're talking to people who work in the sector plus. Uh, consumers, homeowners who built in the last two years. And uh, on this occasion, we had over a 1,000. So we're, we're continually building, and that gives you a, a pretty good sample size of what people are thinking about and feeling. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some mixed stuff in there, um, certainly not as positive as it was a year ago, um, roughly 50-50 in terms of, of building firms that think they've got a strong pipeline versus those who started to look a bit skinny. And about a third of the respondents were saying the year ahead is um, looking less positive, so uh, feeling it was going to deteriorate. And I think there was about 12% in terms of those who didn't didn't feel they, all, they had a, a decent pipeline at the moment that had suffered quite a severe decline yes. in the last few months. So that's that reflects the state of the sector. I think it re- reflects reality for a lot of people. And, and then there was there's some other data, which is which is quite interesting, which we might get into. But the other part was we had both uh, Megan Woods, the Minister of Housing and Building Instruction, and Chris Bishop and Andrew Bailey, uh, the spokespeople for the National Party on Housing and Building and Construction. And um, I guess what you might expect at one level, coming up to an election at that time, um, the government was saying they've done a really good job and, and the opposition saying, no, you haven't, you've done a terrible job. I think there's actually quite a common, lot of commonality around what they want to achieve. The question is how to achieve it. I think what's encouraging is that all of the major parties now recognise that construction is important, and particularly housing, because the last two elections, that's been a really important theme. And prior to that, the disappointment was that major parties didn't see it as a key issue for New Zealand, but it clearly is, and it will continue to be. And so the challenge is going to be, how do we make sure that in a time when the economy is looking a bit more constrained, that we don't lose some of the momentum or the good things that are, I think are starting to work? So David, if you were able to give some guidance to the new government around areas you think they should focus in and where they could have the greatest impact and maybe stop this or at least lessen the effect of this boom-bust cycle that we see and the challenges associated with this, what kind of guidance would you give them? I think they want the same outcomes. So the first thing is it's about how you talk to the political parties and the media. And rather than talking about what we want and what's good, it's more what's important for New Zealand. 
So for instance, if we take housing, we need to to build good quality housing. And in terms of boom bust, you know, the we build like crazy and then we stop and then we build like crazy. It's just not good for New Zealand. So explaining why that's important, I think is important. And and we've been doing that in the lead up to the election with all of the parties. And I think they kind of get that now. And then think about, well, what can you do about it? So the key areas that that I would say to focus on is if we just think about the residential construction, how do we lessen the, the worst impacts of boom bust? We're not going to stop it entirely because there will be some changes with the economy and consumers get nervous and they stop spending. But we can take the peaks and troughs out. And part of that is what government does in its own program. So one of the things we're very keen, whether it's residential or their commercial programs, is that they keep building. And, and I think I've said this before, Ryan, what happened in the last cycle was that government started to pull back on its capital programs, which deepened the hole. And more businesses ceased trading, more people lost their jobs, and it took seven years to recover. And then they come back into the market when everyone else is, and they overheat the market. And on the residential side, that means overheating by buying more land. They have sufficient um, power just to tip the scale and that makes a massive difference to the cost of housing, as we know, and it, and it never comes back. So we would say, first of all, keep keep building your own capital program. Secondly, in the commercial spaces, really lift your capability in terms of understanding what you're buying and how to buy. So being a smarter buyer, being good at procurement, and for an investment in growing some people within the core government agencies, I think they'll get much better outcomes that outsourcing it to advisors, and then they don't know if they're getting good advice or not. So those are a couple of the two key areas. And then employment, the apprenticeship boost you mentioned, lock that in as permanent. It's a really helpful thing, and it's a very good investment in the future for New Zealand. And it's the, let's call it an opportunity to keep a long-term view of the sector going and how that is good for the New Zealand people. Yes. You know, must as a sector, the government, we are fundamentally all trying to achieve the, the right things, which is good quality housing at an affordable yep. price for, you know, all New Zealanders mm. as we can. So that as you suggest, Dave, the more we can uh, maybe soften some of those peaks and troughs in the market, it prevents those things like mass exodus of labor, which then takes a long time to train when uh, things camp in. So things like the apprenticeship posts could make a difference. I think, and I think the other thing is uh, businesses will only grow logically if they have confidence that they, they've got work and will have work for some time to come. And they will only employ staff and apprentices if they have that confidence. So providing that longer term view, having a, a, a more solid pipeline, as much as the government can influence that, is extremely important. I was listening last week was people talking about um, the health sector. The physical facilities had got too behind, and the same as in education. So, you know, people go to hospitals or healthcare facilities, and they expect that the facilities to be of a decent standard. And same with schools. You know, you send your children to schools, you don't want them to be falling down or, or full of asbestos. And the fact that they've got so far behind and, and we're just not catching up or struggling is a is an absolutely clear example of what happens when you stop continuously building. And, and there's a lot of work to do. And if we slow that down more in the next two or three years, 
it's going to give, become even harder to catch up, even more expensive, and we as a country uh, will have to borrow even more than we should. And David, from the uh, sector survey that was completed, uh, what were, in addition to some of the things you've talked about, which is the pipeline of work, et cetera, um, what were some of the key issues coming back for our, our members? What were they talking about and highlighting in that survey? The two that really stood up were um, government regulation. So that's really across the board for, for any business. The regulatory burden is just getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, and specifically, council consenting was an area that is of major concern to, to most uh, building firms, big or small. Uh, so that's an area that we are really focused on, particularly the, the consenting. Uh, there's been a lot of work, um, and that would be one area where I would say to the incoming government, uh, I think the thinking's on the right track. What we need is to get on and do it and to make some of those changes that will lessen the burden, give greater certainty, reduce timeframes to forgetting building consenting without unnecessarily introducing too much risk. So those were the two that stood out. The one that dropped away a lot, um, which makes sense, is the supply chain was not as big an issue as it was. I mean, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, it was a dramatic challenge. Um, cost of building is still it was still an issue. Now this was back in July, August. We're talking mm. again, nowhere near as bad as it was a year ago, but it's still there. Um, I think slowly it's coming down, um, and so that's the balance that I guess the government has to think about. How do they keep their own program going while also trying to look for a reduction in cost of living and also construction inflation? And we know that the biggest cost of home ownership over the duration in which you own your home is, of course, the financing aspect. Yep. Uh, we're seeing interest rates that are significantly higher than what we've mm. been used to. Although when you look at interest rates over a much longer period, they're still you know below the average for for a longer longer period. Um, what are you hearing from the sector in terms of the impact of those higher finance rates on their demand particularly? Yeah, well, certainly finance came up really um, for the first time in quite a long time as a significant constraint. Their own access to finance, but also access for their customers uh, to finance. And specifically, I'll, I'll talk here about homeowners' ability to get a mortgage uh, and the relatively short duration uh, before the bank reviews whether they can still lend that amount of money. So that is a significant uh, impact. And the banks uh, generally have been quite conservative, quite cautious. It's good that they're not as um, reckless as they, they might have been post the GFC, but you know potentially a bit too cautious at the moment. So that's an area that um, outside of our advocacy to government, uh, we want to think about how can we give our members tools to show that they are um, financially in a very sound position to give mm -hmm. confidence to the bank. So there's some work we're doing behind the scenes to, to think about whether we can have an independent rating um, approach that would give them access to that. Uh, rather than us just saying, look, there are members, you should lend money. Is sure. there an independent and credible tool that we can develop? So that's that's something that if we can develop it, we will certainly talk to government. But, but more broadly, we need to talk to others like banks and insurers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. And on the uh, finance theme, we've also recently released a finance course to the Elevate Learning Platform for the members, uh, which is just a fantastic resource. We 
developed in um, partnership with Peter Cody at PwC and really some just great elements there to help organizations think about how do they manage their finance in a difficult economic situation, which we would say we are in at the moment, um, and also a great way to have a you know a look at the books really and mm-hmm. think about how you can set yourself up going forward so when you do go to the bank for construction finance, et cetera, that you are in a better place. So would highly re- recommend our members take a look at that on the oh. Elevate platform. I think it's fantastic, uh, that work. And if we think about what's been happening up until the last year or so, we had a very long stretch of upward trends in the construction industry, around about 12 years. And again, I think we've talked about this before, Ryan, but people who've been in the industry for a long time say they've never experienced that length of a continuously upward trend. So for lots of businesses... To a degree, you can rely on on new work and cash flow to cover up the cracks a little bit. That's not the situation now. Uh, and so really is is the time of, if people haven't already started to focus really closely on their key indicators. Uh, and that financial module or modules with elevators, a great place to start. Um, and I think if people can really focus on that area, then as we inevitably get into an upturn, you're in a much better position to be ahead of your competitors. Indeed. And David, you mentioned uh, earlier the role that government plays in consenting uh, and regulation more broadly. Uh, we've certainly uh, heard about some of the work the Master Builder is helping to lead around the consenting progress program and process and working with ME, et cetera. Um, I know there's also been work going on the Resource Management Act. Um, are you able to give us an update on how that's progressing? Yeah, we we don't see ourselves as the lead in the RMA, but talk a lot to others, people who are um, professionals in the planning area who understand the process. But And we do have a number of our members who do do some development. We have expressed concern about the legislation that the outgoing government has been uh, putting in place because everything I hear leads me to, you know, the, the danger of even more confusion and years of working out what this means through litigation in the courts so that people can establish what they have to do and what they don't what they're not allowed to do. And so there's just confusion about the process, who's making the decisions, what's the basis for those decisions. And that just inevitably leads to delays and cost and lost opportunity. So the incoming government has clearly signaled that that they're not comfortable with that. What's not obvious, though, is what changes they would make. So we will certainly be advocating in partnership with others to say there is a problem to fix, but can we focus on what are the critical areas that the RMA is meant to deal with? My my own personal view is it's just become too broad and too encompassing and doesn't really focus on the problems that was initially set up, which is the natural environment, particularly... um, more sensitive natural areas, and it's become a catch-all for everything. And so what was initially envisaged is not necessarily what's happening. So you've now got land being caught up into approaches that I I personally don't think was initially envisaged. So let's focus, let's be a bit more surgical and precise about what we're trying to protect. Right. And... The we've got some credible members right across the country. Uh, could you give us some insight into Master Builders as the organisation? They're obviously there to serve our members. When you are talking to your leadership team internally, David, what are the things you're focused on um, internally for the members? Oh, I think supporting them in the current environment is always the case, of, obviously. 
but thinking about how you can build stronger businesses through a difficult period and come out the other side more strongly. I talked about, um, so part of what we've been doing and talking to the board about is this financial rating type approach, um, which I think could make a big difference for, for good businesses and incentivize others to get more more discipline about an understanding of their financial position. Um, and it will give, if we can lift that generally across master builders, then we, we get even further ahead of the competitive, in terms of a competitive analysis uh, advantage. And thirdly, it is thinking about the incoming government is not a threat, it's an opportunity. And so we need to think about that and um, and really move the dial on some of those things that we've been talking about for quite a while. So moving with a bit of pace on this stuff. We need to take, you know be patient to a degree, but we also need to be impatient to a certain degree because the incoming government has indicated it wants to start making some moves. We think there's a couple of areas that we can assist. So we're not there just to critique. We're there to help um, what they call co-create the answers. And it seems like a, a very smart approach because as the master builders, we get to represent the actual knowledge that sits within the industry. And, you know, government is uh, there to help make the make the laws and make it come into action. Mm. And uh, look, we, it's it's not a, well, let's put it this way. It's easier to be in, operation, in opposition and criticize what's uh, not working. Oh. Uh, once, you, once you are in the seat, you're literally in the hot seat. So we look forward to seeing uh, some of these things that Master Builders have been working on come to, into action. Yeah, Ryan, and, and when you're in the hot seat, there's some difficult decisions. As you say, it's easy to yeah. criticize. The other thing, and we just sort of circle back to constructive, I think one of the um, things that I observed, which has continued to grow, is we've got more and more people outside of our traditional membership coming along. So chief executives uh, and even board members of other industry associations, and that's what gives us its power. And and part of think, thinking that way is, when we talk to government, I'm working with others. So we're not just one of many voices, but you know we're doing what we can to get a, a more cross-sector view of what's going on. And as I say, work with them, support them, include them in our thinking. Uh, because otherwise, an incoming government, and particularly new ministers, they've got all these voices in the area and they don't know what to make of it, um, which is potentially one of our weaknesses. So that's where, uh, or the sector's weaknesses, but it's where I think master builders can work with the others. And so talking to the senior team and the board about that approach is one of our fundamental themes. Fantastic. Appreciate that, David. Thanks for the insights, both around constructive and uh, some of those key levers that you think the you know incoming government may be able to pull to help the uh, economy and our members. It feels like the... Uh, maybe the vibe of the industry is delicately balanced at the moment. If we come back to some of those survey results, you know, broadly half saying we've got a good pipeline, half saying that we we don't. Um, so it feels like maybe we're a, uh, we're not a smiling face, we're not a sad face, we're kind of like the neutral neutral face at the moment. Um, do you feel like that's a reasonable representation of what you observed at Constructive and the people that you're talking to in industry at the moment? Uh, so I think there's a few things come into that. Yes, I think that's that's true. And people have come off a very busy time and people are tired. You know, during the COVID period, uh, it was difficult for a lot of people. And the, the supply chain constraints, the delays, the consenting delays, uh, it did hit businesses in terms of cash flow, getting money in the door and so on. 
Um, and then the downturn makes it difficult again. I think also, particularly single out Auckland, which had quite a difficult period during COVID, had a long period of shutdown. And then, you know, weather events uh, in Auckland, but elsewhere in the country on the east coast of the North Island in particular. So all of that builds up, I think, Ryan. Um, I think um, hopefully, you know, we'll get a, some nice settled weather over the next few months. Uh, people can have a decent holiday. Um, it stops raining in Auckland every second day. Got to have that dig from a Wellingtonian. But also that the economy and the construction sector evens out, so it's not all over the place. That's, that's I think, what a lot of people are looking for. Just time to breathe, relax, take stock. Indeed. And David, if you could move uh, getting continuous sun to the top of your priority list, if you could get that sorted for us, we'd be deeply appreciative. I will always try to be sunny disposition anyway, Ryan. Hey, that's the best you can do, and at least that's the bit you can be in control of. So appreciate that. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us today, David. Really appreciate your uh, comments and your insights, and keep up the great work you're doing on behalf of our members. My pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. 